0: This is the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Analyzing Everton, your tactics and analytics podcast, courtesy of the Royal Blue channel. Um, (laughs) I'm joined by a happier Josh Williams on my left than uh, than certainly what I am. How are you, Josh? (laughs) I'm all right, yeah. (laughs) I don't want to come across too cheesy, but <laughs> you know five two will do me. Like yeah, you're in a in a better mood than probably me and everyone else listening. Um, but hey, I'll, listen, we're going to try and avoid the doom and gloom. Um, obviously, it was a it was a bad result at Anfield. It's been a bad week, really. But there may may be positives on the horizon. Um, you know, Silver still is just about in charge at the time of recording, but. I think we we can probably agree that he, he might not be by the time it goes out. Yeah, um, he's got the uh, the glimpy following around. Yeah, he has. has yeah, so we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll work on that basis anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll have a on on the show. We'll have a quick gloss over the Leicester results. Um, sadly, we'll have to talk about the derby. But um, I think we need to we need to address it. We'll assess the manager's situation as well, and then we'll have a quick word on what to expect from. Chelsea this weekend because I mean at least we'll know what they'll be like and we'll be in charge for them won't we yeah yeah definitely yeah um so we'll we'll go back to Sunday Leicester a high flying Leicester team that we'd flagged really on the last show was a good side Uh side to watch and Everton took them very seriously and they could have done with the results and the the brought a change of formation in didn't he? um he did, yeah. Went with like a five four one. Um, a little bit unexpected, yeah. Considering what you know what we know about Marco Silver, I suppose. Mm. But then, as you said last week, um, no, he looked like a man that was run outside ideas a little bit, didn't he? Um, yeah. As he has he tested a battery before, he has yeah, but not, not successfully. Not for any extended period. I yeah, don't know. They've, they've done it, and it's never. It's this is what, why why it felt very bizarre. He's done it, and it's never really been successful. Yeah, um, but hey, <laughs> theme do, do, of the week.
1: Do, do you think you would have went down that route if he had, f- if he didn't suffer the injuries
0: that he suffered during the week? This is why I, I have been a little, a little bit more um, forgiven because it has been he has been dealt a bad hand with injuries. So where there's exceptions to be made, I've I've made them, but um, they can only get you so far. Sadly, I think a lot of things that we'll touch on today have made it um difficult to, to make excuses for. So yeah, it was it was a strange one. It's on the surface it it's it, it seemed to make Everton quite tight, didn't it? But um according to the XG, uh, Everton Everton lost the X G it was two point two four for Leicester, one point two five for Everton. So Leicester were the better side. They had chances.
1: Yeah, I've got a caveat on that though. Oh yeah, come on. Well if you get up the expected goals timeline Um, Up until about the 65th minute, the expected goals is virtually identical. Um,
0: Is that up until their goal, is it by any chance?
1: Up until their goal takes the expected goals up to bang on a 1-1 fixture, Mm. basically. And then from then onwards, obviously, with the changes that Rodgers made, um, introducing a second striker and things like that, he ended up taking the game away from Ever- from Everton, and then you would say then that okay, Leicester deserved the result. Mm. But looking at the expected goals, certainly up until maybe the hour mark, Everton were arguably the better team the more efficient team going forward, kept Leicester at bay. Five four one, obviously a system that's difficult to break down. Yeah. Um So you know it was it was it was a decent
0: performance up, up until the hour mark. I'd say. Yeah, that, there's, a, there's a couple things. I mean, it, while we're on that, that's a good thing. to flag. The hour, it, it, the hour mark seems to be where it all goes wrong for Everton. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll include um, we'll include the derby game in there just just because we'll come on to it in a bit. But Everton have now conceded fifteen of their goals in the last half an hour of the match this season, and I'm pretty sure they've conceded about twenty-seven or yeah, twenty-seven goals they've conceded this season. Fifteen have been in the final thirty minutes of the match. It's not good,
1: really, is it? It's not, no. Do, do, do you know what? Saying that, Liverpool have a similar problem at the minute.
0: Yeah. Uh, I worked at that this week. Yeah, but the differences they're normally out of sight <laughs> by, yeah. by the hour mark. Yeah, I suppose
1: it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, maybe it's a sign that... I don't know. It depends on the scorelines at the time, obviously, when those goals occur. Well, uh, a key
0: factor this in the Leicester game was they conceded. You know, and then... Yeah. What impact does that then have? We've already touched on how we... Uh, Everton are I think mentally um, and again it just it, it, the, the panic almost sets in when they do concede they can't adapt you know they had a game plan it worked they, they, they took the lead then they concede and it, and suddenly it's there's no ad- adaptation there's there's then this sense of right now we've just got to try and hold on
1: yeah I mean looking at it though I'm, I'm just having a little bit of a delve into what you've just said there Um with, with the the match split up into 15-minute periods, Everton have faced 20 shots this season inside the first 15 minutes, then 21 shots between the 15th and the 30th minute, then 20 shots again between the 31st and the 45th minute, and then for the second half, it's 26 shots each time. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? So 26 shots between the 46th and the 60th, Twenty six shots between the sixty first minute and the seventy fifth minute and then twenty six shots between the seventy sixth and the final whistle. So you'd say defensively, I mean, they're not getting a great deal worse apart from after the seventy sixth minute, the expected goals does go up, which suggests that like um chances do are a lot more clear cut mm. in the final, yeah. final quarter of the match, final fifteen minutes of the match. Which um, would kind
0: of match the eye test of what you see when you're watching them as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. The fact that they are conceding goals as, as specifically in the last 15 minutes, I think it's three or four games on the run now that they've conceded a the goal inside the final 15 minutes of the match. Yeah, a little, uh, little bit, little bit uh, unable to a uh, problem solve mid game. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I thought they, they had a big issue uh, in terms of ball retention on 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 Sunday's game i mean i haven't i'm just gonna bring it up now and see statistically where where they were at but of course the um the goal actually comes from comes from a, just given away really cheap um in the middle of the park by davis um i don't know not really sure what he's trying to do but he gives it gives it away um Everton had forty one percent possession on his day if, just, a, if that's what you're saying to get up, yeah, yeah. But I'm just down in the final 15 minutes. It was down to 30, percent and they just, oh yeah, okay, yeah. they just, they, they really struggled, and that's obviously where the the, f- the goals come from. Again, not not clever game management by players that you really need to to just be aware of where we're at the game. You need to seal out one-one against Leicester, decent points. And uh, Davis attempts a, I suppose you call it a pro- progressive pass, um, intercepted. They go up the other end and score. Um yeah,
1: I mean, we've spoken previously, haven't we, about Sigurdsson and how he's maybe a little bit of an odd tactical fit in, in many formations and things mm-hmm. like that. I think he's certainly an odd tactical fit in a a midfield two, which is obviously what you what they were playing on the day. Yeah. And I think both of Leicester's goals originated from a little bit of space behind Sigurdsson. Yeah. Which um it's a bit. I suppose it's a little bit
0: normal for that to happen because he's not naturally used to playing that role. So, I it's mean, bit. can you just clear that up? Because I know we've talked about it, but just obviously for people who are listening, Sigurds- People say, you know, Sigurdson. Everybody seems to be on board with our four process now. That Sigurdson shouldn't be Evans number ten. Yeah. So, but then in in terms of trying to find a place for, and people are trying to say, should he be a, a more deep lying central midfielder? Would you agree? No. In terms of finding the place for him, I'm
1: not sure I would bother. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, no, I (laughs) agree. For for me, considering the fact that he's a, um, he's he's certainly got traits and an ability to win a match on his own. That's ideal, really, from a substitutes perspective. Mm. So if if things just if you're struggling, you know, last 20 minutes of of a a match maybe, and you do need that goal, and you maybe Mm. coming up against a team that are difficult to break down, and you. You maybe need to threat from set pieces or a threat from outside the box. Introduce them. then, but he, he, for me, especially considering his age, I think he's he's over 28 and all that. Yeah, I
0: think. He's, uh, you know what, he's, he's, he's very, very close to, um, to 30, I think. Um, oh, there you go, 30 years old. She's 30 yeah. years
1: old, don't bother building your system Because no, yeah. It's
0: a matter of time before he's, A,
1: regressing if he's not already doing that now. And b, b before he's not he's not even able to play three games in a week. Yeah. So no,
0: I agree. You know, West Ham was a good example. He, come, he he doesn't start, at what we plays there plays well. He comes on, scores a, a really good goal to settle the game. Yeah. And that was, that that's kind of how he should be used at this stage. Yeah. The the
1: next the next man should should plan as though, you know, Sigurdsson's not really in the picture, if you like.
0: Yeah. Well, t- people seem to have this. Thing of, we pay forty five million for them, so you've got to use them. It's like, well, you've used them enough. Yeah, for that me. was two and a half years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah it wasn't this summer.
1: And you've tried to get out of them for that price has yeah. already happened. I, yeah. I don't think it's going to be experienced and 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 you know
0: gotten out of them from from now onwards yeah. Considering he's, he's 10 30 exactly. Um So yeah, it was a it was a hammer blow late on. um Leicester wasn't the ideal preparation. For an already difficult away trip to Anfield, um, and then what a what a strange game, it that was, was yeah, it? Yeah, it was a mad game. Yeah, you know we we predicted we didn't do an analyzing Everton Derby show just because we just didn't have time unfortunately because these midweek fixtures can be a little bit difficult to cram the shows in, but we did do an analyzing Anfield version we. Both said it's probably going to be, despite Everton's woes, it'll be pretty cagey. From what we'd seen at Leicester, they'll probably sit back. You know, difficult um, difficult to create chances against. We'd already touched on in previous shows how Everton don't give away many shots. You know, it, 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 for all intents and purposes, it seemed like Liverpool would maybe nick it, but they'd have to work hard for it. And It didn't quite go like that, did it? No, it didn't. Um I, I, I have a bit of a theory on this don't I that
1: like, may, maybe Silva's just by this stage fully accepted that he's going no matter what mm. so why would you then go to Anfield and sit 10 behind the ball if you know that you're going regardless yeah. so maybe it was just from his perspective I'll have a go um, if it comes off it comes off and to be fair he scored two goals it's yeah. the first time all season Liverpool have conceded two in a match in a Premier League at least in a Premier League yeah um, but obviously, as a result, you concede five at the other end. It's yeah. the kind of, if you do want to go punch for punch with Liverpool, you've got to have a clinical finishes mm. in your side. Everton don't particularly have that. No. And B, you know, defenders who were capable at at the back end and and particularly a goalkeeper who going to pull off big saves and didn't really work out that way for Everton.
0: No, it didn't. I mean, I suppose we should address the 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 big talking point from an Everton point of view, and it was. I mean, if you've been anywhere near my Twitter feed over the last 12, 15 hours, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's this, the really, what seemed to be a really high defensive line, didn't it? Yeah. But um, c- crucially,
1: though, a high defensive line without pressing really yeah. Int- intensely. Um, yeah. Dykes of Van Dyke and Lovren just add. Oh, you know, as much time on the ball as he wanted. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, yeah. Here's the p- So I, I I said on Twitter, you know, if you're going to look at the high line, these are the factors you have to consider. Have the opposition got fast forwards? Yes. Have you got clinical strikers? Definitely, as we found out. Right, okay, so what do you need? Do you have quick defenders? No, Everton don't really, you know. Keane isn't, Yerry Mina isn't, Holgate isn't particularly quick either. Was the pressure on the ball ahead of the defence? Well, no, because Everton seems to be happy, as you said, to let Liverpool's centre-backs have the ball, get the head up, no pressure. Okay, have you got a keeper behind? You can sweep the ball up, come out, uh, intercept any balls over. Well, no, Pickford isn't that. So, on that basis alone, Everton should have never deployed the high line. Yeah, again, it
1: it comes back to the whole... We have mentioned it a a few times, even Mm -hmm. though we're only about three or four episodes in. But... Just unsuitable players. Yeah. Honestly. He he he's a, he's trying to instill a game week to week. Um a brand of football that isn't entirely suitable to the players. Mm. Um and you can blame Silver for not adapting to his personnel. Yeah. Or you can blame the recruitment for not catering for Silver, really. Mm. Hence why the whole thing's broken down. There's there's blame on bro- on both sides there. Yeah. But it's just not a team that's that's particularly suited to defending, you know, particularly high up the field, particularly against Liverpool. And I, th- I think that's that, that's largely why. I think he's obviously wanted to remain relatively compact high up the field. Yeah. But without pressing, mm. I think if you're going to press, that results in the likes of Keane and Mina to move even higher up the field. Yeah. Away from their goal, with more space in behind. Mm which he's obviously opted against doing. But by opting against doing that, you've got Lovren all the time in the world, Van Dijk yeah. all the time in the world to pick out a pass. And Liverpool's, I'm not sure it was the f- second or third goal, Lovren just plays a pass, one ball over the top, and he takes it down, lobs Pickford. Yeah. And it, it stems from A, Everton's high line, and B the time
0: and space, loving that on the ball to, to execute a pass. Yeah, if it, it felt like he never really implemented either plan. You know, he kind of... It's halfway, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, which is no man's land, really, and that's why it just felt so easy. Um, I mean, if, you, if you're trying to... If you're trying to find positives, as we... As you just touched on, Everton did score two goals in the first half as well, which doesn't happen a lot, against Liverpool. Um... The, the XG finished 2.41 to Liverpool to 1.76 for Everton, and so it's fairly tight. I mean, Liverpool's still the better side, better chances, but it's it's fairly tight. But when you've got clinical forwards like Liverpool have, you just you can't allow them these chances um, that Everton did. Positives, I don't know. Charleston scored. Um, scored a header. Of- Scored a header, yeah. Maybe elaborate on that one. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, you should do that, yeah, go on. Yeah, I mean,
1: Liverpool, up until the start of last season, I've conceded only two headers in the league. Uh, One last season and one so far this season, up until, obviously, Charleston scored Mm. um, midweek, so... So that's 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 quite a rare thing. It yeah, not really.
0: many sides do it, do they? And even one of the other ones was, was it was Kane earlier this season, wasn't it? And yeah, and even that was a yeah, you know, bit of a fluke bounced off knee, the post It was knee something. height, wasn't it, that he kind of dived into an open net after he bounced off the
1: Yeah, it wasn't like an open play move whereby a yeah. cross was put into the box or anything like that. It looked so bit different. You know,
0: it, it it was a decent goal that Everton scored. Um but And y- actually you know what I will say, to be honest, Josh. I touched on this earlier, didn't I, on the other show? When Mane doesn't convert that chance in the second half at four-two, and then Everton wake up a decent chance themselves through Keane, Moise Keane who comes off the bench, if he puts that away and it goes four-three with ten minutes or so to go, you know it could have they could it could have set up for the blockbuster finish really. So they were within touching distance at times, but. Again, just not clinical in the moment that you need to be, yeah. And that ultimately decided the game, and it ends up being a, a bit of a tonking a five-two. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I mentioned earlier too that I I think Everton should have had a penalty as well. Yeah, the Van Dijk thing that would have made it two-two if it was yeah. if it was given and scored.
0: As we said in the first ever show, we try to avoid these contentious things. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that being said, that that's, would that's have a been, big influence yeah. on the
1: game state though, and things like that. I mean, there was still plenty of the match to go, but there are little things that you do want to go your way, if, if possible. And Just looking at the expected goals there, like you've mentioned Everton posting, I think, what did you say, 1.78, was it?
0: Yeah, something like that. Let me just bring it up. 1.76, yeah. So Ever- Everton posting
1: unexpected goals against Liverpool of 1.76. Only one Premier League team this season has posted higher against Liverpool. And that was Southampton, away from, away from home. Mm. Um, that was a match that, Liverpool just about won really so again on, on the attacking side Everton have caused Liverpool some problems mm. but it's just a case of because of the strengths and weaknesses of Liverpool because of how adaptable they are as a team if you're going to go punch for punch with Liverpool you might get two mm. but Liverpool will score five at yeah. the opposite end Salzburg went so to toe with Liverpool and scored three but Liverpool scored four Yeah, um, Norwich scored one against that, at Anfield earlier in the season Liverpool scored four so a difficult team to actually stand up against an an outright attack because you're
0: probably going to concede a few on your your own end I totally agree we'll um, we'll touch a I don't know if this is a contentious issue depends where you stand with the player Um, we'll talk about Jordan Pickford briefly Um, in case you aren't aware he faced five shots on target yesterday, didn't he? And the you uh, can see how many goals, Josh. You <laughs> <laughs> can see it five, five, yeah. So, so again, you can see the five <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, of five <laughs> shots on target. So it's not, it's not great, that is it? Um, no, it's not. Now I have had a slight issue, although I haven't banged the drum about it because you know things are bad enough as they are at some Park at the moment. But I've had a slight issue with with Pickford for a little while. In that, I just think he's he's been average at best for a long time, and now he's looking pretty poor. Um, I've got some numbers to back it up. So this season, uh, he's got an expected goals against number of nineteen nine eight. So that basically said, they should have conceded around twenty goals this season, based on the average goalkeeper. Based on the average goalkeeper. Um, you can see the twenty-seven, which a seven-goal negative swing is pretty bad. Yeah, over the course of a season, but I think over the course of fifteen games is very, very bad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, if a, if a
1: goalkeeper overperforms, for example, by seven goals every season, mm. you'd probably derive a conclusion from that of. He's an above-average shot-stopper.
0: Yeah, He's yeah, an above-average goalkeeper. He's a good keeper, but you wouldn't be blown away for Pickford to be on the other end of that. It's alarming. Yeah, he's performing below-average keepers, yeah. Um, I Just I provide, provide a bit of context on that last
1: season he performed to a bang average rate, mm. which is fine. That's not a good thing, that's not a bad
0: thing. Did, did, was I'm right to saying, I think you looked at these numbers, he is expected goals against pretty much married up alongside why he conceded. Yeah, last season he was expected to concede about
1: 46, I think. And he actually conceded 46. So that suggests that not above average, not below average, just standard goalkeeper, which is, you know, in in many cases, I suppose, it's what, what a lot of teams
0: want. Yeah, but yeah, that's if you can get better, obviously, but the better keepers are few and far in between. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's the thing. That's why it's it was it's, it's not a pressing matter, or it wasn't, but now it's become an issue. But I, th- I think, given how new the show is, it's probably a good example of underlying numbers, kind of um, giving you a better, more accurate picture of things. So, Everton conceded, as you just touched on, forty six goals last season. Now. Traditionally, if you're trying to work out how good a goalkeeper defence is, you just work out how many goals they can see them we'll go yeah, from there. Yeah, clean sheets and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So only one, two, three, four, five teams bettered that. Yeah. Um, Bettered that last season. So on Pepe, looking at those basic numbers, you'd be going, oh, P- Pickford's good, Everton's defence sound. Yes, yeah. it's, it's all okay. But obviously what we're flagging is it was pretty average. Well, Pickford was performing pretty average... Last season and he's below average this season. Yeah. Um, so just
1: you know what you'd expect uh, the average goalkeeper to save, Pickford's maybe conceded a few of those this season. Yeah. Which which, you know, isn't great and maybe it's stemmed from the the overall mood, the lack of results, maybe Silver not being able to get him up for matches, you know, whatever it may be, he took his foot off the gas in terms of focus. But he's obviously underperforming a little, a little bit at the minute and if a keeper's underperforming, you know one goal can decide results, so that 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 can be massive.
0: Well, yeah, think about yesterday. It, 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 if people get in and um, you know some of those balls over the top, and he pulls off big saves. I talk about big saves, and I think about last season's derby. You know, Allison unbelievable save from Gomez to keep it nil nil. No, that was huge, and yeah, you need those moments, don't you, from your keeper? You need your keeper to produce those moments. If he would have produced one of those saves from some of the efforts yesterday, then that high line issue could have been something that was a wake-up call rather than you going behind in the yeah, game. Yeah, something that you get punished by, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he is, he is definitely a problem, I think. Um, Do you think he's a problem though, or orders forms a problem?
1: I think he <laughs> could be a problem, actually. Okay. Um so it's not a case that
0: you just think he needs a boost, you need to think he needs to come back to his normal level. I think he can go back to being what the f- form he was last season. I think he go back to being an a, an average keeper or I'm going s- slightly above average. But I don't think he's a I don't think he's a great keeper, I have to be honest. I don't dislike him. I don't dislike him and
1: right. some people do, but So I've got up Pickford's career. Oh, <laughs> career we go, yeah. So 19,000... This will actually
0: be interesting to find out. Yeah.
1: 19,000 minutes. So, obviously, a good sample size on that. That's fairly accurate. Uh, In that that sample size, he should have conceded 270 goals in all competitions. He's conceded 265. So, very, very slight overperformance there. Mm. Um, But... You know, based on the numbers there, I would suggest that. My conclusion from that would be, he's a, he's a fit, an average goalkeeper.
0: If you knew he's nothing about him, nothing about Pickford, Everton, and you just were handed that data blind, I suppose you've just summarised. What would you what would you call that goalkeeper? I'd just say he was a,
1: he was an okay goalkeeper, not particularly great, not particularly bad, mm. just very very standard, very average in terms of his shot stopping. Mm. Um, and to provide a bit of context into why these numbers are you know helpful i suppose is you you can identify when a goalkeeper is above average based on the same numbers i wonder what example you'll use here josh well it's probably <laughs> it's probably not a great example considering <laughs> the show and considering this week's results but yeah. we'll, we'll use alisson uh, he's just one that I obviously comes to mind for myself You uh, but he probably
0: he, you know what to be fair i am only uh, messing about cuz he, he he is a good example
1: yeah but uh, alisson's career 20,000 minutes been Expected to concede 188 goals, and he's actually conceded 161, mm. so there's an overperformance there of about 27 goals. Um, obviously, just he's saved per season, yeah. So, obviously, he's saved expected, and he's saved what a goalkeeper wouldn't be expected to mm. save, if you like, yeah. Hence the overperformance. So, big moments,
0: yeah. Maybe it's just something to watch, maybe for Garden Pickford. Do you, do you think the fact that Everton don't face many shots could somehow be a factor? You know, maybe... Yeah, it's, maybe, yeah. You're long, uh, prolonged spells where you're maybe drifting out of the game and then you're called upon and you just... I don't know. I, I, I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying it, to say. Maybe it's solution. a
1: case of when those shots do come against Everton. Obviously, they don't come very often, but when they do, they're quite clear-cut. Mm. Maybe it's just a case of he needs work on... Bossing those clear cut moments, mm-hmm. so bossing one on ones. you'd have to check how many one on ones he's had to engage in. Yeah, but maybe he's just not the best at engaging in those, mm-hmm. as opposed to being a shot stopper from, you know, how how is he from outside the box and things like that. See, I
0: actually rate him. I think he's good at that. Um, That's what I mean. I think it is things in the box. It'd be interesting. You no, know what I'm I'm gonna look into that. It'd be interesting to see how many goals Everton concede outside the box compared to compared to inside the box. I don't think they would have conceded many. In fact, we could probably look at that now, couldn't we?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll have a little look at that yeah. now while you keep talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, while well well I fill the uh, fill the space, uh, <laughs> fill the vacuum, sorry. Yeah, so I think, um I just said, I didn't want to just go half on about the derby because two reasons. One, it wasn't a great result, but also um, it's the end of an era. Oh, come on, have you got it?
1: Yeah. So Everton have conceded, and gone. 16 goals this season, mm. right? One of them's an on goal, so we'll discount that. One of the goals from outside the box, nine from inside the penalty area, five
0: from inside the six yard box. So, so obviously, he's um, that was a set piece that that one from outside the box, it was against Brighton. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah um, so um, that's it. So not conceding many from outside the box, so he is a good shot stopper, but. Just other, and he's good. He's, he tends to be decent in di- distribution as well, it's just as mm. other areas that isn't great really. Yeah, maybe it's worth looking into though. Look. Yeah, well, I intend to anyway over the next few days once um, manager gates have settled down. So maybe next week I'll look into that. But on the subject of ma- manager, as we swiftly move away from the the derby results, um, as I said, still now. Michael Silver's the Everton manager, but we have it on fairly decent authority that he won't be shortly. Um, yeah, I, I suppose that I, how would you sum up really is his, his tenure. Would you say that like, the derby summed it up? You know, just for me personally, I think I think he's, he has a decent football brain. He has good ideas, but he. He's failed to identify that he just hasn't had the personnel to implement them at times.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's a tricky one this because I'm I'm not fully willing to just slate Marco Silva. Um but good. Yeah, I,
0: I don't think that should be the case.
1: Yeah, because I think this, I think these issues stem from just an overall, you know, poor management basically mm. from the top down. Yeah. Um, I do think he's he gave himself issues in terms of. Testing ideas, sticking with the ideas for too long when they're clearly not working, mm. going full circle and then reverting back to those ideas when you know they're not going to work. Mm. Um, you know, hence, the, hence the, the sudden mm. reuse of Cenk Tosin and yeah. Theo Walcott and players like that in the attack when their time has been and gone. Really, um, and I do think he's tried to play a brand of football that is admirable and it, and is what I think Machedi probably wants. Mm. But without entirely suitable personnel, hence, hence the the systematic issues that Everton seem to face. But I do think he's majorly suffered from from recruitment. I do yeah. I do think that if if you get Say, for example you get a Pep Guardiola in, and it, it hasn't been to this extent. But if you get a Pep Guardiola in and you sign, I don't know that the likes of you know Michael Keane and and, and players like that, Pep's probably going to struggle to. Instill his p- specific brand of football. So on, yeah. um, I don't think Marco Silva's got a, a football philosophy as defined as that. Mm. But from what I see, he wants to instill a, a high tempo football where you know front to back quite quickly, pressing, aggressive off mm. the ball, proactive. Um, but have you have you have you ever had the players to do that under him? No. Have you ever had? Has he ever had a balanced
0: a balanced squad? No. Um this this is a big thing I have. You know, we we did a show around a month and a half ago and it was really a a breakdown of what's gone on at United, hasn't it, over the past few years and I said to you today, didn't I? I am um, I see a lot of the issues in United in Everton. I just don't think they ran well at all. You know, I was hoping w- this has been the case for a while, but when Marcel Brand's come in I hoped we were going to then have a direction as a football club. And it seems to me as if he hasn't really got the free reins to do what he wants with the club. And this is why they look so disjointed from boardroom to the director of football to the manager to recruitment. It's just a bit of a mess. Um, yeah. I, I, I just can't place
1: enough emphasis on how important it is to have a good setup. And have a good sele- selection of players to choose from at your at your disposal. And that, like Brendan Rodgers, obviously is getting plenty of players at the minute for what he's mm-hmm. doing at Leicester. But look at what he's gone into. Yeah. Look at how set up that is, and and if he came into Everton um, instead of Leicester, he would probably be suffering from yeah, similar issues right, yeah. in terms of wanting to play a proactive modern game where you're on the front foot, but just not having the players to execute it. And I think if you look at Silva. He's got, he, he hasn't got any players either end of the pitch that will do him do him a favour mm-hmm. beyond the expected. Yeah. So, he's got no, he hasn't got a, a keeper as we've just said that will overperform. Yeah. He hasn't really got a defender that's above average. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had the perks of maybe Lucas Dean from free kicks. Mm-hmm. He's had Sigurdsson from outside the box giving mm-hmm. him favours. Obviously, he's able to finish from outside the box, yeah. but. He's got. He hasn't got got any clinical finishes at the top end of no. the pitch. No defenders at the bottom end who, are, as I said, going to overperform beyond average. Whereas against, say for example, Leicester, Rodgers is being held as this saint. He's got Vardy at the top end of the yeah, pitch,
0: scoring every single.
1: Yeah, scoring week. every single week. Yeah. Uh, really clinical Jamie Vardy, and uh, at the at the back end, really mobile, highly useful fullbacks. Mm. So young was just an out and out defender who's quite yeah. quick and who and, also know,
0: seems to be overperforming as well. Like you're just into not Yeah, a so to, harder to measure.
1: I, d- I don't think Silva's been particularly great, but I, I do think that the overall issue has stemmed from b- basically poor recruitment and poor,
0: um, you know, alignments from top to bottom. Basically, I agree, yeah. You know what? I d- I don't think I could have summed it up better myself. I think that summed up superbly the situation. You know. If you would listen if you if you've be, been listened to the show from the very first one. I say that like there's a catalogue of them. But <laughs> if you're there from the first, you'll you'll know that we were fairly supportive, weren't we, Silver, for the positives of what you've just said in terms of what he's had to what he's had to deal with. Really, as a squad and everything that's gone on above him. Um, I think the reason it's changed is because a couple things, really. I think. He just keeps making recurring mis- mistakes. And I thought he w- he made really bad decisions for the Norwich game, and it's it's just it's a results business at the end of the day. Despite how much we harp on about underlying performances, it is a results business, and you can't get beat three times by the newly promoted sides in the space of like three months or whatever it was. You know these are th- these are just categorical things that you gotta perform, um, avoid doing. Um... And I also think he just. But just
1: just on that though, you say that, I th- I think it's if you if you look at United at the minute, they've got serious results this season against the likes of Chelsea, against mm. Liverpool, against Spurs last mm. night, but they struggled against Bournemouth, they struggled against Villa, they struggled against lower end teams, and it's because United, similar to Everton I suppose, haven't got those possession based players. That are suited to a brand of football that is dominant, dominating, whereby you're all you've always got the ball mm. and all your duty is really is to break down the weaker side and Everton haven't really got those profiles. Yeah, no, I
0: agree. The only thing I'd say with the United thing is as you touched on, they this they, they still manage to pull out a big performance and result when it matters. They beat Tottenham two one last night in a huge game against Mourinho they the only team to take any points off Liverpool, which is obviously big this season. Yeah. Silva hasn't been able to deliver those moments when it's mattered, and I think this is part of the, the issue. Um, Would you not say, though, that he's he's delivered some in terms of,
1: obviously, the performance against Manchester City was very good, but yeah. although he lost 3-1. That, yeah, valiant defeat, though. Which yeah, but, again, don't, don't you think he lost 3-1 because he just he wasn't given any favours by his players on the pitch. He performed <laughs> well against West Ham and they won one n uh, won two so nil you know, I think. Yeah. But it was one 0 for for nineteen yeah. minutes.
0: Well, I, just I, because they were yeah.
1: creating all kinds, performing well. Mm. But just not having that player to actually yeah Marco, here's yeah. a favour. Do you know what I mean? So do so do you think okay okay, okay I do think he's majorly suffered from yeah. I don't I'm not saying he should stay in charge, because I do think the time's up. But I find it difficult to to slate the manager when the overall organisations run this disjunctedly.
0: Mm. Listen, I have said to every... I've said it on this show, I've said it on other shows, you've probably heard it bored of me saying it, he has been very unlucky. Silva has been unlucky. He's He's been... For every every reason Josh has just said in terms of the club itself and the recruitment everything like that, he's had decisions go against him. He's had poor performances from players. You now, everyone's been slating the zonal marketing system um, but if the players were doing the job it, it, nine times out of ten it should work but quite often players weren't don't need to open that can of worms again I just think there's no going back I thought after the Norwich results he was, it, it was over sadly for him for for various different factors some that you can't control it was over and that's that um, yeah I agree so in short I don't dislike the man but I agree it's just time to go Um In terms of replacements, (laughs) David Moyes apparently is pretty much nailed on to come in. Um, uh, It's hard to be anything more than deflated, (laughs) is the best way I can describe this. Um, But Josh, do you still think he can do any sort of job at this level? Uh, Yeah, I've got no
1: issues regarding that. My 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 problem would be the contract. Yeah, it, it, if he's given up until the end of the season, I have absolutely no problem at all with that. Okay. because Everton have to get the next man right, mm. and if they go, it's it's really tricky to get the next man right. A when you're under pressure and B mid-season. Mm. So this next man has to be right, and if Everton deem it necessary to give Moyes six months or whatever it may be. To just kind of steady the ship and, and, you know, survive and all that stuff up until the end of the season. And then the right man is given a proper chance to come in, make the squad changes that's needed, balance the squad out a little Mm. bit, have a full pre season, Mm. get the identity, you know, really nailed Mm. in terms of this is what we're going to progress towards. Every signing we make is going to personify this identity of football. Mm. I've got no problem. But it's if Moises is inclined to demand an 18-month deal or, or if... Like we're
0: rumoured to believe he might be. Yeah, or yeah.
1: if I've seen, a, I've seen a tweet saying, um, you know, if he finishes in the top eight, he, he he has to get given the deal. Which, for me, no matter how well he does, if it's another Solskjaer and he gets Everton to the Champions League semi-final, <laughs> don't give him a new deal. And to, It's a temporary fix. Treat it as that regardless yeah. of the results. And set up at the end of the season for, you know, a fixed strategy moving forward that you're gonna stick with for about five seasons and that's gonna have like an end goal and and all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. No, I I again totally agree. I think sure it it it's clear he's the only realistic short term option because I think if there was anything else of note he the club would have made a move. Um and they haven't so uh, from I suppose we should recap what Moise is. You know, from his time at Everton, he was he was structured. He, he was it was an organised style of management. Um, obviously, he had Everton punching above the weight. They uh, tended to get recruitment right a lot of the time back then. You know, over this over the course of his tenure, I'm not saying that was always right. There was obviously flops in there, but they tended to recruit fairly well. I'm led to believe he had a lot of say in the signings. Whether that would be the case now, obviously we have got a director of football in place, and hopefully he wouldn't have anything to do with any signings over over the short tenure in charge. Um, you know, Everton, uh, he didn't he's not particularly like a possession based manager. Is he doesn't look to dominate the ball. Um, he's quite direct. You know when we when he was at Everton, he had like Fellaini, Kale playing. Almost as like second strikers. Just English football, really. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, I remember they used to play a lot of central midfielders in wide areas, so they drift in. Um, you know, creating really like partnerships with the wing backs. That's one thing that'd be interesting. These teams that work wing backs quite well. Yeah. At I wonder if that's going to come back in. But um, yeah, I, it's not terrible. I could imagine them coming in and shoring things up. The only issue I have uh, is. It, it, it's just. No, no, For me, knowing what Everton
1: have been managed like, and ha- having an inkling of what Ken Wright is a bit like, and Mishiri is a little bit like, if Moise comes in and does a really good job mm-hmm. on a six-month deal, I would be terrified that they're going to say, right, three-year
0: deal. He's back.
1: Yeah. He's back. Like, I'm not sure West Ham did that with him. I know Southampton certainly did with Mark Hughes. And... United have done it now with Solskjaer. It it it's just never a good thing. It's never it, it's just it's a temporary fix, treat it as that.
0: Yeah, I agree, yeah. It should it just shouldn't be on the table because he's I just don't think he can take the club forward. It's get just, get in a man to establish the next identity.
1: determine what the identity is beforehand and then go and find a man that as I said epitomises that. Mm. And um, we did
0: we did do a little bit of a, a managerial discussion, didn't we? was it two episodes ago where we we basically give... I think, think stamp, it was the last episode. I was it the last, yeah. I think we so, yeah. basically said who we'd tip and it was... we talk, I can't remember now. It, Arteta was there, wasn't he? Um, Arteta's one that we both really like um, for obvious reasons. Um, if it wasn't Arteta, though, I, I'd said I'd, I'd really like us to go to that. You know, in terms of a style, someone who's a, a less inclined to be about control and possession football and Continentals to the style that Everton have seen to be in chasing over these past few years with, with Koeman and Silva, Martinez, and try and go something a little bit more industrious again and representative of the, the thing, club. The
1: thing is, though, you can you can get a hybrid of that. Well, that's
0: what I'm a, hoping Arteta would be, but... Yeah, yeah
1: same, yeah, same. I'm really intrigued about Arteta. I'd love, love to see him in charge at Everton. love to see what he did, did with the club, but... I think you just you just need to look at Everton, what Everton are as a club, mm. all of the values of Everton, you know, it, what what you perceive Everton to be, mm. all the aspects of the club that make it unique. And you, you almost have to consider, so what would Everton look like as a team on the pitch then? Mm. And then, whatever that identity looks like, whatever that identity is, go and find a coach that epitomises that. Yeah. Um. With With you know, with logic to an extent, you know what I mean, like, you don't just want to go and sign, you know, an assertive coach, just because he's, just because the fans are are, are quite, quite intense, you need a coach out there who's still good, and still got, you know, a winning game to his,
0: you see what I mean? Yeah, it needs to be be a successful tactic, rather than just ticking a box, yeah, 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 it's uh, it's going to be interesting anyway, It could potentially be in for this weekend, uh, where Everton take on a very interesting Chelsea team. Yeah. You know, um, they're entertaining, entertaining, aren't they? Very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, For me, as I've said this a couple of times
1: on a few different podcasts, for me they are (laughs) the third best team in the league. Mm. Um, They currently sit fourth at the moment. Uh, Yeah, they've had one or two shaky results i think lately they lost to city and they lost to west ham yeah but in both matches against city they really impressed me just a little bit unlucky on the offensive side and the defensive side actually city scored two goals that you know they were quite clinically finished yeah and against west ham they debated they, they west Ham really they just um conceded one of the very few chances they actually allowed and going forward I think David Martin came in for his debut, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. And, yeah. and performed out his, of out his skin.
0: Yeah, well, put it this way, don't, yeah, you've probably seen it now. Well, he was crying on the pitch, wasn't he, when he got his clean sheet at the end? Yeah. Which says all you need to know. Um, yeah, I mean, just a quick overview of of Chelsea. They, they tend to shoot a lot, don't they? Nearly 15 shots per game. Yeah,
1: I think more than Liverpool, actually.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, um, Only face 8.7. So, Dominating opponents Dominating p- opponents Yeah they tend to Dominate possession as well um, XG 1.86 per, per 90 uh, I think that, see that
1: 1.0. I, Yeah I think that ex- Expected goals Is the second best In the league at the minute And That expected goals against Is the sixth best So maybe a little bit Assured not to do Regarding yeah. the defence mm. But if you combine The second best attack With the sixth best defence that for me, that's the third best team in the yeah, league. That's a,
0: yeah. that's a, that's that's good. And it, what's good about them is that it's it, they just there's such an own Chelsea side, aren't they? Like, if you think the, it's basically that youth that they had almost banked for years, it's just kind of all coming at the same time and being brilliant. Yeah,
1: they've got a they've got a, a class at the minute, the class of twenty nineteen, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever you want to call it. That I think are, are on par with with United in terms the of 92 yeah, yeah. In, in terms of potential ceiling yeah the likes of Reese James Mason Mount Sammy Abraham Tamori mm. they've all got really really high ceilings yeah. if, if they reach the maximum of what they're capable of yeah Um, and it's it's really interesting to see a former club legend in, in charge but one that's actually certainly according to the numbers good at what he's doing yeah. there's a clear identity yeah If you, if you, you know any anyone that's Watch Chelsea for even short periods this season. If you asked, if you asked them, what's Lampard trying to do, you'd, you'd know clearly that he's trying to instill like a, an intense brand of football, bit of a high temp, high tempo, and stuff like that, yeah. where, you're, where you're dominating the game.
0: Yeah, and they're quite flexible, aren't they? They use that four-two-three-one, four-three-three, and they both are really effective. Yeah, effective formations.
1: Yeah, and you know, in terms of personnel changes as well, he makes various changes to the eleven. But no matter what he does. They just seem to play exactly the same. I think they've benefited from losing Hazard, possibly. Yeah. Because they're they're now much more of just a unit rather than being reliant on one man.
0: Liverpool were like that with Coutinho weren't they? You know, they lost Coutinho and it ended up opening the door for others to, or just to become a a better side as a unit. And Chelsea, another example of that. You know, it's not always the be all and end all of losing your your perceived star player. Um, Something I did on the flag. Was just certainly recently how many goals he scored away from home, you know. So the the um, he got one at City, but before that it was uh, two at Watford, four at Burnley, four at Southampton, um, five at Wolves. <laughs> now Wolves is a tough place to. <laughs> yeah. I've got. The, have you got the numbers there in terms of where they are and, and expect the goals against Wolves? Yeah. I think fifth. Fifth, so the highlights that they're the a pretty difficult side to create good chances against, but they went there and scored five. So, um, three at knowledge. yeah, three at knowledge as well. Basically, it's an interesting point
1: that I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, they,
0: they go when they go away, they don't tend to shut up shop, they tend to go for broken. It becomes a bit of a, a basketball game <laughs> almost, yeah. Um because in a lot of those games they scored a lot they conceded a lot so you know, they scored two at Watford but conceded one scored four at Burnley but conceded two uh, conceded against Southampton Wolves they scored five but conceded two Norwich they scored three but conceded two so you know dare I say hopefully not with the same result we could see a Liverpool-esque like the game for Everton again Wednesday this Saturday Goodison
1: yeah the only issue with that is, you know, we mentioned before about players doing favours for Silva mm. in terms of if they're giving a shot, actually finishing it for them.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm, I doubt he'll be in charge, but if you're going to have a basketball game like that with Chelsea, and Chelsea have got maybe Tammy Abraham mm. up front, who's quite clinical. Yeah. I'm just not sure who's going to really take advantage of these chances for Everton. I mean, maybe if Moise does come in, he'd be more inclined to start Moise Keane. I mean, I know he missed a chance at Anfield last night.
0: But I would
1: start playing them. I, I would, yeah, I would start playing them because yeah. if you're if you're in this state at the minute of of flux, you might as well use this to embed in players that are relatively new, mm. so that once the new man does come around at the end of the campaign, the likes of Keane is fully integrated. Yeah, I agree totally.
0: Um, yeah, well, we'll see with Calvin Looney. He's not clinical, but he's not below average either. People seem to think he can't. For want of a better term, he can't finish his dinner. He's actually, the, <laughs> the, the numbers say he's actually an, an average striker in terms of finishing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think probably a good time to wrap up the show actually because yeah. <laughs> there's li- there's little, little we can add really from an Everton perspective because we just don't know what's going to happen Yeah, You know, it's going to be a strange 48 hours before that game. So um, I'll press you for a prediction, Josh, but definitely won't hold you to it. Um Chelsea game? Yeah. <laughs> um It's blind, isn't it, really?
1: I mean you can you can never put a put a price on the, the new manager bounce, can you? Mm. So if Moise is able to, to to deliver that I'm not sure whether he will. And I'm not sure they even Everton need a bounce because they, they do apply themselves in plenty of games. It's just it's just the, the application at the business ends of the field, both sides. Mm. It's I think just, uh, they need a
0: little one or even a little bit of luck that might come with a new manager. They need, they need something just to get the confidence back in there, you know? Yeah. I mean,
1: 2-1 two, to... I'm sorry, but Chelsea.
0: Yeah.
1: not Listen, I... I, I, d- uh, I do think... You know, we, we mentioned a lot about Marco Silva, maybe trying to instill a brand of football and not having the players to mm. do it. I think Moyes is more inclined to look at what he's got and... Basis approach yeah. on that, so he should he should make Everton defensively better than the other are, which maybe doesn't even need doing. Yeah, really, yeah, I just but
0: need a little touch up, I think. I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe two one.
0: I'm gonna go one one. Uh I expect new manager be in there a little bit of a buzz players, uh, you know, players just stepping up the game a little bit. Yeah, okay, Chelsea beat Villa through the week, but on the back of that, it was two back to back defeats, so. You, you may be getting catching them just heading into a bit of a slump. I don't think you are, but clutching go. So I'll go one one. Um but yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up there. I imagine next week's show is gonna be a bit um a bit interesting because we'll probably have a new manager. Um the games don't get any easier. Got um United that old Trafford. Then we've got a huge game, which is the quarter league cup against Leicester. And then, yeah, we've got Arsenal after that, but we'll we'll squeeze another shot win in between there. So thanks, Josh. Thanks for not gloating as well. I think I'm going to speak on behalf of everyone when I say that. Yeah, no worries, mate. Don't need to do any of that. Yeah, yeah, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Again, thanks for the nice feedback that you keep um, keep giving us. It does mean a lot, and it's glad to... We're just glad to see people enjoying the show. So uh, have a good week and speak to you next week. Thanks. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.